can sit down. Ah, okay. Who can you want to sit up here? Okay. There we go. So who wants to tell me something that they're thankful for? My family. The family. Oh, that's really good. So we can draw a picture of a family here. I'm doing this left-handed now because I've got... What else, who else has got something they're thankful for? Oh, for Santa Claus. Yeah, that's kind of a weird left-handed Santa Claus, isn't it? Isn't it? And Jesus. All right, that's going to be really hard, guys. Je food. We're thankful for turkeys. Okay, thank you. Are we thankful when things are good and we're happy? That's right. Are we thankful when things are going badly and we're sad? We're not? God is still taking care of us, even when things aren't going so well. We can always be thankful that God is with us at all times. You know, the Bible says to give thanks to God in every circumstance, or circumstances, kind of like the things that are happening around us. Give thanks regardless of what's happening around us, because God is always with us. So there's always something we can be thankful for in good times and in bad. Okay? All right, John. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I want to tell a story. It's for a young man uh, lived over 100 years ago, actually, and he wanted to be an artist. Actually, he was quite good. You can still find some of his paintings in various galleries around the country. He, his artwork has survived over, over a century, and that's really pretty good for an artist. But, you know, in the 19th century, mid-19th century, there really wasn't a lot of money for American artists. And so he couldn't make a living at it. The only other thing he was really good at was horsemanship. He was a tremendous, an excellent horse rider. And because of that, he was offered a position at West Point. And so he went to West Point, and he hated it. He really did not like military life at all. So he you know, wrote to his parents, I think I'm going to drop out, but he had nothing else to do. So he went ahead and stuck it out. He graduated pretty close to the bottom of his class. After he graduated, there was a war called the Mexican-American War. Some of you have studied that in history. And so he was assigned as a young second lieutenant to go and fight in the Mexican-American War under Zachary Taylor, if you remember that name. And he went and fought, and he did very well. He um, did a couple of amazing things. One is that he was able to get messages past all the snipers because he could ride on the side of the horse instead of the top of the horse. So he kept the horse between him and the snipers. And they just saw a horse riding by and didn't think there was a rider on it. And he got messages through. He also had uh, taken apart some, uh, some cannons and taken them up into a church steeple so they'd get high enough to, to, to attack the enemy. And because he was so um, creative and ingenious, remember he's an artist, so he's very creative. And he, he uh, came up with all these ideas, and he kept getting promoted. He made captain while he was there. But as soon as the war was over, he left. He hated war. He hated that war in particularly. He thought it was a very unjust war for the big United States to attack little Mexico, or just over some land. All they were doing was it's just a land grab, and they killed a lot of people doing that. And he went through a very difficult time in his life. He, um, became an alcoholic. Now, in our day and age, we would say he's suffering from PTSD, right? But they didn't have those. He was just an outcast at that point. But he did get married, married a woman from Missouri, and uh, 
moved to Ohio where he tried farming and he failed at farming. He tried business and he failed at business. He couldn't do anything. But then another war came along and it was this war between the states. And he was offered to you know, return to the army with, with, his, with his rank so that he could uh, go back to a military career. And he was flat broke. There was nothing else he could do, so he did. He went back and he fought uh, in the war between the states. He wrote that he believes that that war was God's punishment for the sins committed during the Mexican-American War, which he had fought in, which he regretted to this day. He fought on the side of the North. He wasn't particularly anti-slavery. In fact, he, owned, he and his wife owned slaves off and on. Uh, he had actually set most of them free by that point because he couldn't afford to feed them. And being a moral character, he didn't think it was right to sell another human being. So rather than sell them, he set most of his slaves free so, um, so he wouldn't have to feed them. And as it turns out, he was very good at war, remember? He hated it, but he was good at it. And so he continued to, to move up the ranks. Finally became the commanding general of the Union forces. And then later became president of the United States. An odd story of a man who never got to really do what he desired in life, who could never do anything really good that mattered to him. He struggled through his life, struggled with PTSD, he struggled with alcoholism, but he was a man who always tried to give God thanks even though his life never turned out the way he wanted. And in the end, he winds up as president of the United States. He's not remembered as a great president, I think mostly because of the times that he lived in. He tried to be kind to the Native Americans, and he couldn't do that because the, 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 uh, the culture was so badly turned against them. He tried to, be, uh, to bring healing between the North and the South and struggled with that. But he always kept his eye on God through all of this, through all of this. Now, Ulysses S. Grant wrote a proclamation for Thanksgiving. He was not the first president to do that. Actually, actually, George Washington was the first president to write a proclamation on Thanksgiving. Abraham Lincoln also did that. And Ulysses Grant followed that example. And this is, how, this is what he proclaimed when he proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving. The year which is drawing to a close has yielded liberally the nation has increased in wealth and in strength. Peace has prevailed and its blessings have advanced every interest of the people in every part of the Union. Harmony and fraternal intercourse restored are obliterating the marks of past conflict and estrangement. Burdens have been lightened. Means have been increased. Civil and religious liberty are secured to every inhabitant of the land whose soil is trod by none but free men. It becomes a people thus favored to make acknowledgement to the supreme author from whom such blessings flow of their gratitude and their dependence, to render praise and thanksgiving for the same, and devoutly to implore a continuance of God's mercies. Therefore I, Ulysses S. Grant, President of the United States, do recommend that Thursday, be observed as a day of thanksgiving and of praise and of prayer to Almighty God, the Creator and the Ruler of the universe. And I do further recommend to all the people of the United States 
to assemble on that day in their accustomed places of worship and to unite in the homage and praise due to the bountiful Father of all mercies and in fervent prayer for the continuance of the manifold blessings he has vouchsafed to us as a people. In life, things don't always go the way they expect or desire. Sometimes we, things are going well for us and sometimes things are going hard. But if we learn to give God thanks in the midst of anything, good or bad, that comes, then we discover a power that can move us forward and keep us from ever falling back. Because there is no greater prayer than a prayer of thanksgiving to God. And when we gather for Eucharist, we gather for the singular purpose of our, to offer thanksgiving to God. Not because things are going great, but because God is always with us.